You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. When it comes to the Ner Hanukkah, that it's supposed the best place to put it is Lamata Me'asaratvochim. Now, it can go as high as 20 Amos. Higher than 20 Amos, then you already have the situation of being in an apartment and it's, a, it's, it's in the Aliyah. But if you, the Gemara says that if you're Maniach Pachutz, it should be the best places on Matamas Now, the Oilam is not so Makbet on that. Even the people who light Neretz Yisrael, they don't necessarily light that low. Um, but Rav Chaim Kanievsky felt that there's still a Hebrew of doing it that way. Let's say somebody is in a situation where um, they can't light outside, but they're lighting in the windows towards the outside. Um, and one of the windows is a lower window. It's less than 10 tfachim. And there's another one, and he says, Echad shenomuch ma'asara tfachim v'yeshram k'tsas pirsuma, v'asheni l'mala ma'asara tfachim, but there's more pirsum. Hmm. Now, why isn't it outside? I'm not sure. Maybe it's not outside, because... Um, there is a problem with lighting outside. Maybe he doesn't have the right to put it there. But there's still the takana, the way the Gemara says, of lamata mesaratvachem. So even though it's not outside, it's going to be in a window. And the higher window, more people will see it. Rav Chaim felt you should try to be makayim the takana, like it says, lamata mesaratvachem is the best place. So therefore, he says it should go in the lower window, not in the higher window. Now, what would Rav Chaim say here in the United States or here in North America? I'm not sure. You know, can, maybe things are different, that it's totally for the B'nai bias here. Um, but if, if you're trying to mefarsim et klapichutz, but you just can't go outside bachutz, then Rav Chaim felt it should be in the lower window. So that's one chid, another chidish and alocha from Rav Chaim. We mentioned this uh, the other day uh, about lighting in a place where it's mostly goyim. Um, is there an idea of persumenisa for that? So Rav Chaim brings a raya from the Gemara in, in Shabbos that says that you light until the regal of the Tarmudoyim have uh, been vanished. They're no longer there in the shuk. And Rav Chaim sees from Rashi that Tarmudayim were non-Jews. So Rav Chaim's assumption is that you're lighting and, you, and the message, even though it's not for the Jews, for the non-Jews, it's still a message. And therefore, there's Pesumenisi even towards the non-Jews, which, as I said, is a lot of what goes on in Chabad. Now, I mentioned yesterday or two days ago, that the way I learned the Rashi was a little bit different. And Rav Chaim, of course, knew that. And I'll show you what Rav Chaim says. Rav Chaim says that even though Rashi mentions the, the Goyim that are selling the wood, and the, obviously the, the Jews who live in the neighborhood who are buying it, he says it's dochat to say that as long as those non-Jews are there in the street... That means there's going to be Jews who will buy from them. Gam Yehudim Bayim Shom Litmas Mehem, which is the way I learned the Pshad and Rashi. Rav Chaim felt that was a dochek. 
Now, he mentions, however, what I, that, that there's another interpretation of what a tarmudoi means. The Rif says tarmudoi is not a, um, a country. Tarmod is not a country, but tarmod is a type of wood. It's a type of, again, it's really dependent. Again, there was a Kabbalah. Look, you have to realize there was different messiahs about what the words in the Gemara meant. Rashi's Rebbeim taught him that Tarmod was a certain nation somewhere. And Tarmudoi was a person who lived in that nation who now moved into Eretz Yisrael or those places, and they took jobs as selling these pieces of wood or whatever it was. They were the bodega owners. Uh-oh. Rob Kivilevich? Yes. I suspect by the sound of the name could be Tadmor. That's uh-huh. Pal- Palmyra in, in Syria. Could be. I'm just just uh, No, that's a good possibility. Good possibility. It could be, you know, a lot of times the letters become interchanged. Tarmod could be Tadmor, right? I, I hear what you're saying. But the reef tradition was Tarmod was a type of tr- it was a type of wood. It was a certain type of wood that was sold. So Tarmudoi was a wood seller. It wasn't a certain ethnicity. It wasn't a non-Jew. And therefore, according to the Rif, Rav Chaim says that you don't have any proof from the Gemara, and maybe Prasume Nisa only makes sense for Jews, not towards non-Jews. Um, Rav Chaim, however, found a Medrash, knew about this Medrash Tilim. The Medrash Tilim says, Laman bincha. What does that mean? The, when it says, I gave these Nisim and Mitzrayim for you to say it in the ears of your children. In other words, it isn't just for us to tell our children. There's a Shevach that our children will be saying about the miracles of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, Bein Agoyim. And that's what the Pasuk says. Shir Lashem Shir Chadosh, Sapru Bagoyim Kivodo, Ubechol Amim Niflosov. So you see, Kvodo Shavakadosh Baruch Hashem Sapram Bonav Benagoyim, Rav Chaim says. So from there, it's a riot to the Minik Chabad, I guess, and the idea that what, that's one of the Shavakhais that even though it's, we're telling the story of how much God is great to the Goyim, is also called Pursume Nisa. Now he mentions, however, that uh, the Sharetzion, quoting the Chemed Meisha, talks about a person who lives, uh, doesn't live in a Jewish area at all. And the question is, does he light with a bracha or not? If there's no Jews to be mafarsim, and the Chemed Meisha assumes, yes, of course he would. <laughs> That's where he lives. Now the Chemed Meisha's assumption is that the guy doesn't count, and the Mishnah Bura brings that Chemed Meisha. Without any, without commenting. So from there, Ochayim seems to get the impression that Pirsume Nisifer Goyim is not significant and it's not part of the, uh, part of what we're trying to do by, Nes- by Ner Hanukkah. So again, to summarize, I, again, despite that this is, you know, Ochayim's das, I still think that's what, I, I still believe, I don't think it's a dochik in the Rashi. The way I re- or in the Rashi, Rashi is talking about the Jews, not the non-Jews. The Jews, the but the Goyim that are there are the barometer about the Jews. And therefore, um, it's true, there is a Shevach that we, uh, we, we, we speak about our miracles, Bein Goyim, 
uh, and that we're, we're proud of ourselves and we're not scared. But that doesn't mean that that's the halacha here by Ner Hanukkah, that we're supposed to be mafarsim towards the goyim. Um, uh, yes. In terms of sakana, what should over what should doche sakana versus persimonisa? Well, again, obviously, you know, if you if you, we've been talking about this in our um, in our uh, uh, Gemara shear that we've been giving every day. Uh-huh. And uh, we've been talking about how you, you, the Chazal understood that this mitzvah should not get us into trouble. Um, and clearly there was, as we saw from the Ashkenazi Shemineg, was to light on the inside. And, and they interpreted Sakana. Um, clearly it's become interpreted in a, in, in a very fluid way that it doesn't just mean uh, even, it doesn't just mean that they're going to kill you. But clearly... Um, you need there needs to be Jews left over uh, to be able to do the right thing when things get easier. And I'm saying, you know, obviously, um, you know, you know what it's like, Dr. Kogan, coming from a place where um, there was quite a bit of you know, yeah. animosity yeah. towards people that were Jewish. Yeah. Um, one of the shylists, and this is really, Sheila, you'll appreciate this since we talked about it. Um, we talked about this, what to do if you only have uh, a limited amount of neiros, and you won't be able to be makayim mahadrin min mahadrin. In other words, when you buy the little container, we know that you're going to get, um, I think, it's 36, right? One, one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. I believe is that equal 36. I think so. Uh, but then if you add another eight. For the shamosim, you, the, the containers come in 44. But let's say you're in a situation, you know, we're not talking about today where you can go easily get those little boxes. We're talking about uh, uh, poverty that was very, very strong. And all you had was um, a few. So I want to show you the, the, um, the Mishnabura speaks about this. And Rav Chaim disagrees with the Mishnabura. So let me show you Rav Chaim Kanievsky had a hasog on the Mishnabura here. Usually, of course, he's an evanemma to the Mishnabura, but here you'll see he's masig. So let me show you what I mean. And, okay. So here is the, um, the Mishnabura. So you can see here, Mishabur says, Im yeshlo tesneros. You have a total of nine. Which would mean, if you have eight, it's obvious. You do one a day. Okay, one a day. What do you do if you have nine? So if you have nine, day one, you do one. Day two, you do two. Now, even though on the third night, you're going to go from two to how much? Back to one. Hmm, he has 10. Well, what could he do if he has 10? He would go one, night one. Night two, let's say he would do two, because this way he fulfills Mahadran. 
right? He's done now the Mahadran, Minahadran. He's now, right, let's say, let's say he's now done the right amount uh, of the, of nights. He's done the Basilel on, on Leil 2. What does he do on, on, on the third? Ava became But on the third night, he goes back to one. And this is from the Chayodim. Now, what is, what's the significance of this psaac? Obviously, on the simple level, what we're saying is, look, you're not going to be able to be Makayim really Mahadran this year, but one day you will, at least even on two days. On the first day, you're fine, because this is the amount of days of Hanukkah that have, have, have happened. That's the Basilo opinion, and that's true on the second day as well. Uh-oh, here comes day three. What do you do on day three? Are they taking into account the shamish too, or not really? Well, let's assume, let's assume the shiwa, the shamish is not part of the cheshbon here. Let's assume, okay. let's, assume, let's assume there's another, you know, a light that he uses for the shamish light, and, and that's like like a big a big piece of wood or something that's the shamish. Let's say for the near shamish tamish bow. So what do you do on what do you do on on the third night? So the mishnah Brewer is saying on the third night, jump back to one. Go back to one, no matter what. Hmm. Go back to one. So I go, I do one, two, and then one the rest of the time. Even though I could have done, let's say if I would have had 10 Neros, I could have done one, two, two. What would have been the advantage? Well, the advantage would be that on, on night three, I wouldn't have been morid. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I would not have gone down in kedusha. I would have not gone down in kedusha. I would have been the same. It wouldn't have said. It wouldn't have told the story of how many nights of Hanukkah are yet that have happened. But we know the svar of Basilo is Milan bekodesh ve'ain moridin, and I just went down. No, I went down. Well, well, you would have had to go down on night four anyway. Yeah, night four I would have gone down, but, but I could have just gone one the first night, two the second night, two the third night. But what's the advantage? I didn't go down. Well, you didn't go up. We least I didn't go down. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the significant part. You don't go down, Bikdusha. Uh, Yes. Why? Why not uh, just one candle every day? Just one. This way, you don't have any any of these problems. Because because Dr. Kogan, we he wants at least the first two days of Hanukkah, and as I mentioned to Sheila when we were learning about this in the morning or in the early afternoon, you never know. Maybe some, may, you know, he's a poor guy, but maybe he'll get something. Maybe somebody will he'll be able to handle for some more candles as the days go on. But at least he's able to be a mahadir the first two days. The first day, everybody can be a mahadir. One candle is good enough. On the second day. He'll say, look, I have enough to last me. Even if I'm not lucky, even if I don't have the schus to get more candles, I can still light two candles on night two and be from the Mahadran. Now, what am I going to do on night three? So here is the, the Mishabura says, definitely go back to one. Even though he could really do on night three, he could have lit two and it wouldn't have been a Morid Bikdusha. Still, the Mishabura says, quoting the Chaya Adam and in the Sharetzi, and he mentions the other, another very important Rav, the son of the Chsam Sofer, the Chsam Sofer. Now, now that you understand the Mishabura, what did Rav Chaim Kanievsky say? So Rav Chaim Kanievsky wrote, 
He said when he put out a sefer, which is a review book on the Mishnah Bura called Shona Halachos, Rav Chaim Kanyevsky wrote that the Avi Ezri disagrees. Who's the Avi Ezri? The Avi Ezri is Rav Shach. The Rav Shach was known to disagree with this Psak of the Mishnah So people asked Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, why, when he printed this sefer on the Mishnah called Shona Halachos, did he write this note in? So he said, because I think he's right. Why? Because we know that is what the Beis HaLevi, Rav, Rav Yosef Dov Salvechik wrote in his Sefer on Chumash, in the section at the end of Bereshis, where he deals with the laws, where he deals with the Gemaras of Hanukkah. So he says, even though it's true that that the Chaya Adam and the Ksav Selfer say, just go to light one on night three, and the reason is because why? And this is what Dr. Kogan might have been referring to. On night three, if I light two, that's the wrong story. It's the third night of Hanukkah. Lighting two is, is, is confusing. So if you light one, well, you figure out the guy's the guy is poor. And because he's poor, he wasn't able to keep what he was trying to do the first two nights. The first two nights he was gung-ho, he had enough candles. He was telling the story of what Ner Hanukkah means. On night three, unfortunately, his luck ran out, his mazel ran out, his money ran out. He's got to be a schlepper. But if he would light two on night three, he'd be confusing the story. People wouldn't be getting it. There's no hecker exactly what night of Hanukkah it is. Because it's not the second night, it's the third night. That's the svar of the Chayodim and the Ksav Sofer. However, the Beis HaLevi points out that if you look at the Bir Agron Shulchan Aruch, he says that that it, according to the Gemara has two reasons for Shammai and, and for Hillel. And one of the reasons is, is because Mylon B'Kodesh. According to that reason, the Vilna Gon said, it's not significant that you're telling the story and people get it of how many nights of Hanukkah you're at and that, the, and that this is the next night and that the miracle was another day. The main point is, is that you're going up in Kedusha, you're not going down in Kedusha. So it's not about Hekir. It's not about being able to tell the story. That is what the Vilna Gon says. So therefore, since uh, we Paskin like the Rambam, so we don't care about Hekir. So therefore, if I light one candle on night three, then I've gone down in Kedusha. Now, what's going to be on night four? Well, maybe he'll get another candle, who knows? But at least night three, he didn't go down in Kedusha. And that's what Rav Shach felt. That's, was, that's the clear implication from Rabbi Yosef Dov Salvechik I. And that's also what Rav Chaim, although he's a, no one was a bigger chassid in the Mishabura than Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, but here he felt that we should actually disagree with that psak and light two candles, even though the story isn't isn't being told. Uh, now that's that's in terms of what Rav Chaim 
saw the Beis HaLevi, saw what Rav Shach wrote. But this is what Rav Chaim brings to the table. Rav Chaim brings to the table the Bikiyas, the expertise. He says that the Abu Dram in Hilchus Hanukkah quotes a tshuva from the Rambam himself. What was the Rambam's case? The Rambam's case was somebody that uh, lit Ner Hanukkah like the bare bones way, one candle. And then they brought him other Neros. What does he do? So now he can light more than one, right? Now he can now he can now tell the story better. He didn't know. He was poor. And all of a sudden they, they knocked on the door and said, Mr. Yanko, oh, we've got more lights for you. So the Rambam, according to the Chuva, said that this is the Aloha. If you didn't know the candles were coming, but then you were surprised, they brought you, here, you can light, we're going to give you all the, you, you can be a Mahadran, a Mahadran person. He thought he was going to be bare bones, no frills, one each night. But now he, he discovers, oh, surprise, I'm giving you the, the lights that you need. So then, he says, you would, light, you would make a new bracha. Even though, Rav Chaim says, what do you see from the Rambam? That even though it's just a heater, he was Makayim is mitzvah already, the Rambam felt you could still be make a bracha again, lahadlik ner shulchanika. So Rav Chaim says, you see from the Rambam, um, that, what does it mean that each candle you get You'll make a new bracha. Im name medain mitzurak o echad o kulon. It's either feast or famine. It's either going to be one each night, which is no frill, or the proper number that that tells the story. What did the Rambam mean that for each candle he gets, he said bechol pamu pam. Oh, here's a candle bracha. Here's a candle bracha. So you see that even though it, it's, not the, it's not the proper night, it's night five, he's lighting one. Someone says, Yanko, I got another one for you. Oh, I didn't realize. He makes a bracha on the other one. Oh, another guy knocks on the door, gives him another candle. Oh, oh I didn't expect this. And he makes another bracha. So you see, thou kol ner shenitosef yesh mitzvah so you see that it's not about telling the story. You'd like to be able to have the proper amount, but even if you don't, the fact that you have more than that you had yesterday is also important. And therefore, that's what you should do this in disagreement with the Mishnaburs. This is the proofs that Rav Chaim gave to, uh, to go against the Mishnabura in this case. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.